Hello and welcome to the What The Heck podcast. I'm your host, Glenn. Every week I explore something unexplained, talk about what it is and look at what else it could possibly be. Research is done as academically as possible and references will be given after the stories. This week, I'm looking at the disappearance of Dennis Martin. On June 13th, 1969, William Martin had plans for Father's Day. He packed for a long weekend and took his father Clyde and his two sons, Douglas and Dennis, from Knoxville, Tennessee, to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, which sits on the border of North Carolina and Tennessee. This trip was a Father's Day tradition for the men of the family and it was six-year-old Dennis's first camping trip. They arrived at Cades Cove and hiked together to Russell Field in one day. Dennis managed to keep up with the others during this time. The family camped in Russell Field overnight and began to head for Spence Field the next day. On the way, they ran into some family friends and decided to hike together. Spence Field is a highland meadow of the park that is bisected by the Appalachian Trail, but it's well known for its beautiful views. When they got to the field, Douglas and Dennis were allowed to go and play with the children of the family friends. William watched as they huddled with the other children and then watched Dennis run into the bushes with the others in an attempt to surprise the adults. They managed to do that but not in the way that they thought that they had. When the children jumped out of the forest to surprise their parents, Dennis never reappeared. Right away, Clyde and William began to search for the boy. William ran two miles along the trail to try and find Dennis, but couldn't. Clyde, when they discovered that Dennis was not nearby, had left a hike back to the ranger station to raise the alarm. He arrived at the Cades Cove station at 8.30pm. Dennis had been wearing a red t-shirt, so it was strange that he had disappeared without a trace. The park rangers raised the alarm across the park, but as night fell, a thunderstorm began. The storm dropped three inches worth of rain onto the mountains, destroying any evidence or footprints that Dennis would have left behind. It didn't matter though. At 5am on June 15th, 1969, the search began. The National Park Service had a total of 30 people put together for the search. Volunteers began to swarm in, growing the search party to 240 people. Eventually, the search party grew to around 1400 people, including park rangers, college students, firefighters, Boy Scouts, police, and 60 Green Berets. The Green Berets are members of the US Army Special Forces in this case. There are other types of Green Berets, but they're not relevant today. The problem with the search was that there was less of a plan than there probably should have been. The Smoky Mountains National Park spans 522,000 
419 acres or 2,114.15 kilometers. That alone should have been enough for the search party to know that they needed a plan. Instead, the group split up and looked all over the park in search of evidence of Dennis's whereabouts. This search was later criticized, partly because the amount of people just wandering around looking for Dennis, which potentially obscured tracks and evidence that had already been obscured by the rain. One of the Boy Scouts found a set of children's tracks that were initially dismissed. It was later reported that the tracks were actually those of a child who had been missing a shoe. The tracks ended on the banks of a stream and it's believed that they belonged to Martin. Three days into the search, a shoe and sock were found supporting the idea that the tracks had belonged to Martin. Helicopters and planes were employed in the search, in the hopes that an aerial view would help them find Dennis. On June 20th, 800 people were looking for Dennis, and the next day is when the search party reached 1,400 people. On that day, the National Park Service came up with a plan for the possibility of finding Dennis's body. With a combined time of 13,000 hours of searching in the first week and nothing found, as the days went by, it was becoming more likely that Dennis wouldn't be found alive. The efforts to find Dennis were continued over two weeks. Nothing was found and eventually the search lost steam. At a loss, the Martin family raised a $5,000 reward for the return of Dennis. This brought in a number of calls from psychics and mediums who couldn't offer enough of a lead to create a breakthrough. Years afterwards, a man who had been illegally collecting ginseng from the park claimed to have found the skeletal remains of a child. He didn't inform the authorities until 1985 though, out of fear of prosecution. When that was followed up, the search once again drew a blank. Dennis had only been out of sight for five minutes, but in that time had completely disappeared. Nobody knows what happened to him or where he went. Had it not rained that first night, Dennis may have been found, possibly alive. Unfortunately, we can't control the weather and it's not anybody's fault that it rained. We know that Dennis disappeared, but what could have actually happened? Dennis Martin's disappearance started one of the longest searches in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Without finding Dennis, people still question what could have happened to him. Of course, there's theories about what could have happened. The first and most likely theory is that Dennis had gotten disoriented after hiding and gotten lost. This theory then splits down. The first part of this theory is that Dennis had tried to find his way back to his family, but only succeeded in getting himself more lost. This would be when he lost his shoe and sock, trying to find his way. 
Ultimately, this part of the theory ends with Dennis succumbing to the elements, dying of exposure. The only evidence we have is based on the sock, shoe and footprints. It seems likely that a lost child would wander, looking for someone they recognise. The issue though, and one that's mentioned with all of the sources, is that Dennis was wearing a red t-shirt. Surely it would have been easy to see him if he had been close by. The second half of that theory is that Dennis had been attacked by animals whilst lost. Researchers point out that black bears, copperhead snakes and feral pigs are known to live in the area. An underweight bear had been caught in a boar trap in the same area two weeks before Dennis went missing. It's entirely possible that the wildlife was finding it difficult to find food. If the two theories are joined together, it's entirely possible that Dennis may have fallen and hurt himself. That would have put him in the unfortunate position to be prey for the animals that live in the park. William Martin believes that Dennis was taken by a person. This theory is based on an eyewitness account given by Harold Key. Key reported to hearing a loud scream on the afternoon that Dennis disappeared. Shortly afterwards, Key says that he saw a dishevelled man covered in hair and attempting to remain unseen as he ran through the woods. Key's family elaborated on the story, saying that the figure had something red slung over its shoulder. This sighting took place more than five miles away from the site of the disappearance, so the FBI dismissed the report. There are two things to discuss here. Firstly, Key had come back to the report later, speculating that it may have been a moonshiner, which explained the want to remain unseen. A retired park ranger then said that the failure to follow that lead was awful and that the sighting had been downhill from the disappearance. He believed it was entirely possible that Dennis could have been kidnapped by that very man and that it wasn't unreasonable to cover that amount of distance downhill, even carrying a child. Now we're getting into the stranger theories. Key's report of a man running through the woods began the urban legend of cannibals or feral humans in the park. These humans are meant to steal livestock at night and happen to, on this occasion, snatch up a little boy. There are videos online of people discussing these wild men on the internet and talking of an FBI cover-up. These videos act as if it's common knowledge, but it seems to be a bit of a conspiracy. This is another theory that has two parts. The second part involves the Green Berets. The theory is that the feral humans weren't all that feral and were quite intelligent, intelligent enough to speak English and their own language. It's another conspiracy really, but the theory suggests that the Green Berets were there to see if Dennis was being held by these people and to get him back no matter what. A theory adjacent to the Wild Men theory is that a Sasquatch got him, or maybe worse. The Appalachian area is full of creatures and monsters from their own special folklore. I won't list what it could be, because that's a very long list. 
The issue with this theory is that I can't find anything about it. I came up with this theory, but nobody else seems to believe it. It's just a possibility, really. The truth of the matter is that we don't know what happened to Dennis Martin. He disappeared into the park and was never seen again. At this point, about 50 years after the disappearance, it's not likely we'll ever really know what happened to the poor boy. The story from this episode came from an ATI article called Inside the Disappearance of Dennis Martin, the six-year-old who vanished in the Smoky Mountains, and a Dark Tales article called The Disappearance of Dennis Martin. Theories from this episode came from the previous articles, a grunge article called The Unusual Disappearance of Dennis Martin, and a The Smokies article called Feral Humans in the Smoky Mountains, what happened to Dennis Martin. References for the episode and links to studies will be posted on social media for you to have a look at. Speaking of social media, links to those and other ways to listen are in the episode description under my link tree. You can currently find me on Facebook and Instagram. Patreon is getting an upload of one of the transcripts each week as part of the £3 tier. The link to the Patreon is also on the link tree, and as before, you're welcome to pledge more than £3 a month, and I'll find something extra special for the people that do. I do have an email set up on the link tree, but it doesn't open up a new email, so that's in the description of the episode too. Send me your spooky stories, unexplained events, and anything else you want me to read out. Or, if you have any corrections or issues with the things that I've said, let me know, and I'll address them as soon as I see the email. The next Creature Feature will be out on Saturday, and next week's episode comes out on June 29th, so hold on until then.